everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Hello, New Point. Hey, can you believe that we're less than 60 days out from Christmas? I trust that you're doing your shopping because I hear that the shelves are not completely full, and so you better get busy more than any other year. But I just want you to know that Christmas is on its way. And I want to give a shout out to all of you at our physical campuses, as well as those of you who are joining online. You picked an incredible time to join us because we're kicking off a brand new series, and it's called The Illusion. It's not always what you think. And I would go so far to say this, it's not always what you see or it's not always what you feel. Doctors and scientists once believed that diseases just popped up spontaneously with no explainable cause. And then something happened in the 1800s. A man named Louis Pastrol and other people confirmed that the presence of invisible organisms carried diseases and that the microorganisms can be found everywhere, everywhere, in the air, on our food, on all kinds of surfaces, something like COVID, okay, if you will. And they represent an invisible world, constantly impacting the visible world, bringing infection, illness, sometimes ultimately death. Here's what I want you to understand. Do you know that scripture talks about an unseen world? That's true. That impacts you and me, and it wants to impact us in a harmful way. And yet, seemingly, there's some people who can navigate through this unseen world, through the deception, and they're not really impacted and affected by it because they have a different take. They have a different view of their marriage, of money, of relationships, and they just see the world differently. They have a different worldview, and they're able to navigate around it, and even through it. But let's face it, those people are the exception. They're not the rule. Because we live in a culture that is an illusion, okay? The truths that are evident, guess what? Become not so evident. And when that happens, we kind of what? We kind of lose our way. We lose our place. We lose our perspective. And yet, Scripture talks about this unseen world. John writes about it because he tells us of an encounter that Jesus had, and he talks about this unseen world that is very unsettling for many, many people. I want to set you up with this. Jesus is having a conversation with religious leaders who refuse to recognize who he is that he is God in the flesh, that he's the Messiah, that he came from God. Even though through his words and through his actions, 
They saw miracles. They heard teaching that they never had ever heard. And people recognized it. And yet, they were unwilling to recognize him. They were unwilling to be able to acknowledge him. They were unable to recognize him. And so let's jump in. And John records this. And here's what he says in the middle of this encounter that Jesus is having with these religious leaders. He says, why is my language not clear to you? In other words, why don't you get it? Why don't you get who I am? He goes on, he says this, because you are unable to hear what I say. Is he saying that they're deaf? No. He's saying, let me tell you why you don't hear who I am and what I say. He goes on, here's what he says. You belong to your father, check this out, the devil and you want to carry out your father's desires. You know what Jesus is saying? I, I mean, he is bold. He is saying, let me tell you why you don't recognize who I am. Because there's a deceiver, an illusionist, if you will, and he has deceived you. He has created an illusion, even in the evidence of overwhelming evidence of who I am and where I came from. And you're thinking that I'm not God. You're thinking that I'm not the Messiah. And so you have taken what I've said and you have taken what I've done and you have ascribed it to someone other than God himself. And the problem is you have been influenced. More specifically, you have been deceived and you're under the power of your father, the devil. Now, why is this so offensive? Because if you will read the preceding scriptures, what you'll find out is they were claiming that their father was Abraham. And Jesus was saying, Abraham's not your father. Let me tell you who your father is. Your father is the devil. Can you imagine trying to work that into a conversation that you're having with someone Hey, you know what? You're deceived. You belong to the devil. Your father is the father of lies, and you want to carry out his desires. And what is his desire? Is to confuse, to disrupt, to deceive, to create illusions. Jesus goes on to describe him. He says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Why? Because he creates illusions. He deceives, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Here's what Jesus is saying that he believes. Here's what Jesus is teaching us. And you, you don't have to believe this, but this is what Jesus says, okay? I'm telling you what Jesus was teaching and what Jesus believed. And he believed a number of things. Here's his teaching on the devil, okay? Number one, there is a literal devil, okay? And he's not dressed up in a red suit. He doesn't have a pitchfork and he doesn't have horns. He's real. He's immaterial. And yet at the same time, he's an intelligent being. There is a literal 
devil. That's what he's saying. And guess what? His mission is to destroy, is to seek, kill, and destroy. And he does this by deception, illusions, by spreading ruin in your soul, in my soul, and in our society, and in our world. How does he do it? Well, he does it this way. His strategy is using half-truths. Half-truths. What did he tell Eve in the garden? You know what? You eat of this fruit, you'll be like God. Half-truth. You know what? They became like God. They now knew the difference between good and evil. But they weren't like God in the way in which he was trying to convince them. And so his primary strategy is half-truths, illusions, deception. You see, all the other stuff that maybe you and I struggle with, okay, suffering and, and life being unfair, those are all secondary stuff. His signature move are lies and deception and creating illusions. And Jesus literally sees the battle, the war, the fight of one believing truth over lies. And so Jesus believed that there was a literal devil and that his agenda was to kill, steal, and destroy, the destruction of human life. And that he would do that through deception, half-truths, creating illusions. You see, Jesus literally believed, I want you to get this, Jesus literally believed in the person of Satan, in the personal existence of a devil whose ultimate goal is to destroy everything that God loves, everything that you and I love and value. And his tool is deception. His tool is half-truths. His tool is distorting the truth. His tool is creating illusions. And what happens is in doing so, listen to me, because I know you're going to agree with me on this, okay? He can persuade human beings that what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And when he does that, It devastates our hearts and our minds and sometimes even our bodies. And it leads to wrecked marriages and relationships and families and anything that's truly valuable to the human race. Jesus later referred to the devil as also the prince of the world. Look what he says here. He says, and and Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's saying, I will not talk with you much longer because the ruler of this world is coming. What he is saying is Satan is going to be let loose. But check out what he says. He has no power over me. So what is he saying? He's saying that Satan has what? Limited power, that he's limited. He's limited. And and, and Jesus believed that. Jesus taught those things. You see, Jesus would say, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. What he is saying is, yes, Satan is a powerful being, but his strategy is half-truths. His strategy is deception. His strategy is creating illusions. But he's limited. He's limited. And and, and you might say, you know what, Dwight, this is kind of tough for me to, 
to swallow? Can you fill in the gaps? You know, can, can, can you explain everything? And what I would say is I can't. I, I, I don't understand what Jesus said, that he's the prince of this world. I, I don't fully understand that. But I don't have to understand everything to accept it and to apply it and to live it out. Like, let me give you an example, okay? I'm sure that you're much further along in this than I am, but I, I don't understand that what I eat for breakfast or lunch or for dinner, how, how I take that in and how it's processed and it, it fuels my body and it grows my body and it develops my body. I don't understand all of that, but I do have this belief. If I don't eat, I what? I die. I die. And so Jesus believed somehow that Satan was the prince of this world, this world that you and I live in and, and, and that you and I experience life in. L listen to this. This is in Luke chapter, chapter four, and this is one of the temptations of Jesus. And listen to the words through this grid that I just shared with you, okay? Here's what um, Luke records. The devil led him, Jesus, to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all of their authority and splendor. Now, now, now wait a minute, devil. You're, you're saying that you're gonna give all of the kingdoms of the world to Jesus. The only way that you could offer that is if you owned that. And that's where it's confusing, at least for me. Because look at what else he goes on to say. He, he says, for, okay, he says, for it has what? It has been given to me, and I can give it to who? To anyone. Wow. It has been given to me, and what? And I can give it to anyone. I, I, I don't fully understand that. Matter of fact, it's disturbing to me. I can't fill in all the gaps. But here's what I know that Jesus teaches. Here's what I know what, what the scripture says, that you and I live on a planet. We live in this world. And to some measure or another, it has been given under the authority, okay, of a personality, an entity that Jesus refers to as the devil. And his agenda ultimately is destruction. Through what? Half-truths, deception, lies, illusions. And he's been given control over everything in terms of what he can do, but in a limited way. And so it's a little bit disconcerting for me. Is it for you? Is it for you? But maybe it's helpful at the same time, because maybe it explains some things that's going on in your life. Maybe it explains why you struggle and why there's a, there's a, there's a, a battle, why you fight temptation. May, maybe it explains the factor of why you have struggles and issues in your marriage, or maybe with your son or your daughter. Or, or maybe with your mom or your dad, or maybe with your boss. Maybe it kind of explains why there's tension 
and problems and issues, or maybe why that weird thing you, you experience from time to time. You know, you, you have clarity, and then you have moments of insanity, and then you have a moment of clarity. What happens is the devil kind of moves and works and distorts your focus and maybe shifts your paradigm. But here's what I want you to know. No matter what's going on, he's limited. God's ultimately in control. No matter what's going on, God cares about you, and he sees that. And the illusions and the lies that cause you to feel that maybe everything is coming unraveled, I want to tell you that God ultimately is in control, that God ultimately cares for you. And maybe that invisible world is impacting your visible world. Maybe there's something that is happening that's going on that you don't fully understand, but it's there, but it's there. You see, 30 years after Jesus made this statement, okay, about these men who he said, your father is the devil. What happens is they ended up crucifying him. They ended up killing him. But 30 years later, there was a man named Paul who experienced Jesus in a deep, deep personal way. And it forever changed his life. And what he did is he began to write letters. Matter of fact, he wrote half of the New Testament, most of the New Testament. And he started writing to, to Christians about what you and I are talking about and how they should live their lives and how they should be aware of this one who wants to destroy them. And, and he started sharing with them about that truth so that they would know how to love their spouses so that they would know how to love their children so they would know how to get along as a family so they would know how to relate to a boss or an employee because most of what Paul talks about is relationships. And so he was writing, here's what to do and here's what to be very, very careful about. And, and, and he writes it, to a church in Ephesus. It's called the book of Ephesians. And if you read it in isolation, especially the last part of it, you might scratch your head and you might say, what is he talking about? What's, what's going on here? But in light of what we've been talking about today, what happens is you begin to what? You begin to connect the dots. You begin to say, oh, now I know why he put that in there. And so here's what he writes. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, against the devil's illusions, against the devil's deception. Do you know what Paul believed? And he wrote most of the New Testament. He believed that there was literally a devil, that there was a personality, an entity, that there was an individual and that he had schemes, he had strategies, he had a plan. And it's real simple to take what is true and to somehow twist it 
to take what is true and to create an illusion of where it causes confusion and doubt of where, you know what, there's, there's some truth there to get our attention, but it's not all truth. And so what he's doing is he's creating illusions and he's taking what is evident and what is true and causing you and I to say, really? Really? And so he wants to find some kind of common ground like he did with Eve. Let me explain it to you this way. Let's take appetites, for example, okay? They're okay, okay? God's given us appetites. But what happens is the enemy wants to come and create an illusion so that we'll just run with those appetites. And by the way, an appetite is never satisfied to where they become an addiction. Or he takes a desire, and God's given us desires, has he not? And we desire a good thing. And yet what happens is he creates this illusion of maybe scarcity. There's not going to be enough. And so we take this desire and we move it to the place of greed or something that maybe is appealing. Nothing wrong with something being appealing, right? But he takes something that is appealing and he creates this illusion or this deception of where now what happens is it's not only appealing to us, we envy and we crave and we're jealous of those who have it. Let's take maybe appreciation. You appreciate something. And yet what happens is it gets moved to where now it's lust. You see, what he says is, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There's a plan. And when you begin, listen to me, when you begin to factor this in to the world, okay, then what happens is it changes how you see the world. For some of you, there'll be an aha moment. And you'll say, yes, because you'll be right there in the middle of that issue, that struggle, that problem, that challenge in your marriage. Or you'll be dealing with your son or your daughter. And in the middle of that, you'll say, oh, I know what's going on here. Or maybe you're struggling with mom or dad or maybe a roommate or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And if you're in the middle of that relational issue, what happens is you'll have this aha moment because look at what Paul goes on to say. He says, for our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood. It's not against your spouse. It's not against your son or daughter. It's not against your mom or dad. It's not against your boss. It's not against your coworker. What he is saying is, there's this invisible world that impacts the visible world and that what is unseen impacts that which is seen. Paul goes on and he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He's saying this is powerful. Now listen, some of you 
I'm sure as I read those scriptures, you're, you're, you're saying, you know, I'm not for sure if I really believe this. And I understand that. And yet there's, there's, there's another group of you that might say, Dwight, you know what? I need to have a follow-up conversation with you because this is, this is unbelievable. And I, 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 there's so many things I don't understand. I understand that. Or maybe this is the first time that you've been to church in a long, long time. And you might say, you know what, Dwight? This is exactly the reason why I've stayed out of church. This is why I quit on church. And I understand that. But I want to say something to you, to each and every one of you. You know, if you are skeptical about this whole thing, I understand that. You know why? Because it's an invisible world. And besides that, you have your own explanation of why people get addicted to things and why things happen in a certain way. You don't need a devil to figure all that out. And yet, here's what I want you to know. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, there's a devil. He's a murderer. And he accomplishes it through deception or illusions or half-truths. And he's not going to tip his hat to his existence because he doesn't want to overplay his hand. But there is an invisible world, and it impacts our visible world every single day. And it's run by Satan, who is a deceiver, an illusionist, if you will. And he wants to deceive us about what marriage is all about and what it should look like and what should happen. He wants to deceive us about parenting and how we are to train our kids. He, he wants to deceive us about how we should handle money and our view of money. He wants to deceive us about politics and how we should view government and how we should view politics. He wants to deceive us even about God so that we can become so confused that we end up making decisions that result in destruction of relationships and maybe even life. So today, today, are you aware that there's a battle going on? Are, are you aware that you have an enemy who wants to seek, kill, and destroy not only you, but your spouse, your marriage, not only that, but your kids and your family, not only that, but your grandkids? Are, are you armed with truth? With truth? You see, Jesus, before he went to the cross, he told the disciples, they heard him praying, and this was his prayer for them. Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. The word sanctify means separate them. Separate them from what? half-truths. Separate them from what? The illusion that the world wants to present or that Satan wants to present to them. Separate them from deception. Sanctify them by your truth. Set them apart by your truth. Why? Your word is truth. And so for the month of November, we're going to look at this. And I promise you, you won't want to miss a message because it's going to open your eyes and we're going to talk through this. 
And we're gonna look at truth that can separate you from the deception, the lies, the half-truths, and the illusions that the enemy wants to play out in your life. Would you pray with me? Maybe you're here today and maybe this kind of frightens you. I understand that. But I'm telling you that Satan is limited and that when you accept Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, then he comes in your life and he's greater than anything that Satan can ever do or say or be. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, today I encourage you to do that. You might say, Dwight, how do I do that? You pray a simple yet life-transforming prayer and you say, Jesus, as much as I understand, I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to, to fill me with your love and your power and your truth so that I can navigate through life in a way that honors you. And if you'll do that, Jesus will come into your life and your life will never be the same and you have nothing to be afraid of. Now, for others of us, maybe you haven't really thought about the devil because you don't want to go there. But I'm telling you that there is one. And my prayer is that each of us here today would realize that there's someone who wants to destroy everything that you love, physically, relationally, and at every level, because he's a murderer and he's a deceiver. And God wants to pour his truth in you so that it sets you apart from all of that. And so maybe you need to say, God, open my eyes to see as you see, so I will do as you say. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We wanna say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.